Hi and welcome everyone to the 119th episode of Serum Rocks. My name is Marcus Allanson and today I have Rick McCutcheon from Full Contact Selling. Heidi couldn't make it on this recording but hopefully she will be back on the next recording. Rick has been involved in the serum industry for over 20 years as a company founder, senior executive, reseller, board member, educator and professional speaker. He currently leads a social selling and Microsoft Dynamics 365 educational practice and he has his own podcast. Welcome Rick McCutcheon. Hello Marcus, how are you today? Yeah, I'm just fine, thank you. It's going to be um, autumn here soon, but it's pretty mild for for the season, so I'm liking it. How are you today, Rick? Oh, we're doing well. It's starting to rain a little bit. I think winter's coming, but uh, that's what we have to expect when we live in Canada. Yeah. So, as a professional speaker, educator, and social selling and educational practice lead, what what is it that you do, Rick? Well, it's interesting. I've had quite a journey in my CRM career, and I love the name of this program, CRM Rocks. So, uh, you know, it's probably over 25 years ago now. I got first involved with the CRM business. We had a company called Archer Systems. We kind of grew that up and ended up, it was uh, acquired around 2000, which was 22 years ago now. And uh, since that time, uh, about 2004, I got involved with the Microsoft product when it first came out and eventually became an MVP in that product. Um, I, you know, automated over 200 sales forces, but now I primarily teach, and I teach at a a few different levels. So um, I teach at the distributor level, working with uh, managed service provider uh, partners, helping them understand how to sell uh, business applications with the Dynamics product group within Microsoft. Um, I also um, do some teaching for uh, MS Dynamics World. Well, it's more thought leadership work that I do for them. We have a series of thought leadership panels. Um, I think in the last 18 months, we've done close to, I'm going to say, 60 of these thought leadership panels for different uh, partner organizations. And I also do some stuff around uh, uh, working with partners, primarily in the ISV space now, helping them... uh, understand, you know, a lot of them are are new to Dynamics, so I help them understand the Dynamics world, and I help them understand how to navigate, you know, three areas, how to navigate Microsoft, how to navigate our partner ecosystem, and really how to navigate and get get in front of our customers, and primarily um, through user group. Yeah, that's a lot. So your days are pretty diverse, right? Uh, they're diverse and very busy right now. Yeah. We're customers all the time. What's your last memorable customer experience as a customer? As a customer? Yeah. Well, I've got some, yeah. you know, very memorable experiences yeah. as a customer. And, you know, really, um, I expect a different level. And I'm, I'm, talk, not, I'm talking B2B here, not B2C. Um, when I deal with, you know, vendors, suppliers, that type of thing, just because I've been in CRM for so long and, you know, I realize that, uh, you know, they should have my information, they should know who I am and they should be marketing to the right person. Nothing, you know, gets me more sort of uh, unhinged is these endless email spams that I get from people asking me about Salesforce, you know, if I want to buy a Salesforce.com add-on or something. 
like, I don't know where you got my name. <laughs> I don't know why you're bothering me, but I've opted out of your email, you know, several times. So I think there's still a few people that are confused about what real customer relationship means. Yeah, yeah, that can be interesting. So when you talk to partners or, or when you talk about partners, partner to whom mostly? Customers or Microsoft? Um, when I'm kind of talking about partners, a lot of the work that I do is what we call P2P today, partner to partner, where um, we're seeing a lot of you know non-Dynamics partners working with Dynamics partners now to be able to deliver those types of projects, as well as I work a lot with ISVs, uh, independent software vendors in our space, who are building add-on products, both in the CRM side and the ERP side. Like we're seeing that all converge within Microsoft to be all part of that Microsoft cloud. So I'm doing a lot of development work with ISV partners, getting them to understand how to, you know, talk with uh, uh, systems integration about their products and services. So the partner could be partner to Microsoft or partner to another partner. Do you often talk about partner as to a customer as well or do you use a different term in that type of relationship oh no absolutely so you know i did a workshop last week for an isv partner and the conversation was you have a product that you sell but as a part as an isv partner the conversation that you have with an end user customer is very different than the conversation about that product you're going to have with a partner and again that conversation's different than you have with Microsoft when you're talking to Microsoft about that product. Because in their minds, you know, it's the same use case for the product, but that product means something very different to each one of them. Mm. So, so what's a good partner then to a customer? Uh, well, well, I think a good partner is one that stays engaged, right? You know, we've got a lot of partners that, uh, you know, I, I look at, and, and especially if we're going to talk about CRM, one of the things that I always talked about was CRM is forever, right? It's a kind of project that we just keep expanding on within an organization. So we might start with sales, then go to customer service, add field service, and then all of a sudden we start growing larger all the time. And, you know, a lot of times partners will look at this as, here's a project, I'm going to deliver sales, then I'm gone. It's almost like, yeah, I've done this, I'm going to get out of Dodge, right, before the next gunfight. Or really, they need to stay engaged with their customers and really educate their customers. They got to make sure their customers understand, you know, we see all these announcements from Microsoft and we get excited about them. Customers don't see those, right? We So we got to make sure that, you know, as this product is changing, as new ISV products are being developed, as online education is happening, We've got to let our customers know to really, I want you to be a high value partner to them where you're, you know, you're part of their team. And when they think about their CRM system, they think about, I'm going to go talk to Rick or I'm going to go talk to Marcus and see what they think because they're my advisor. Yeah. So that's a pretty big leap then to become a good partner to Microsoft. So, so what's the difference there? So if I'm a partner, what's a good partner to Microsoft? Yeah. I think, again, is keeping Microsoft up to date on what I'm doing um, and, you know, bring Microsoft into the project. A lot of partners don't register their leads kind of thing and let Microsoft know what they're working on. So, um, you know, I think that relationship's got to go two ways. 
And I think, you know, meeting people and expanding your, what we used to call a Rolodex within Microsoft is very important to give you sort of high visibility. So if somebody comes up and, you know, it's a certain type of manufacturing and that's what you do, Microsoft knows to recommend you. Yeah. And also Microsoft is interested in selling seeds, making sure that the customer actually uses the things that I as a partner sold, right? So that's also valuable to Microsoft. Uh, well, if you look at, go on LinkedIn and look at how many um, people work for Microsoft with a title that says customer success in it. You know, five years ago, it was very few. Now you're going to find thousands of people work for Microsoft with that title. And that's what their job is to make sure once you're done with them, Marcus, deploying the software that they're using it and they're happy. With it. Yeah. They have a whole team. We talked, me and Heidi talked to Phil from uh, Phil Cat, uh, Topness from the CAT team just recently. So that's one big example of, yeah, well, they, they make a lot of effort to make sure that it's valuable to end customer. So why do I want to become a good partner to Microsoft then? What's in it for me in, in all of this? Well, bottom line is if you're a good partner, you're going to make more money, right? All right. Um, because you're going to get involved with Microsoft. You're going to understand what's going on within Microsoft. And hopefully there's going to be some referrals happening for you because they see you as a good partner. So it, it's like it's like any any business, you know, it's all about relationships and doing a good job for people. So the more relationships uh, you have out there, the easier it is to make a living. Yeah, but it can be uh, pretty hard to become a good partner to Microsoft. It, it can maybe be a lot of work to get recognized to the whatever Microsoft company you're talking to, if it's a sales company like Microsoft Sweden or in actual go to Microsoft headquarters and be recognized there as well. So how do you balance that? Time management, I suppose, right? Uh, you know, we, we, you know, I've kind of built my career. I've got 30,000 connections on LinkedIn, Oof. right? I've built my career on relationships. So, you know, I, I talk about LinkedIn all the time and, you know, you can go into, I'm in Canada. I can go into Microsoft Canada within LinkedIn and meet as many people as I want. If you don't find that important or you don't find that you should do that, then, it's up to you, right? I can't help you build your business, but I know that the partner that does that is going to have a huge competitive advantage over you over time. Yeah. So you can sit there and be a technical genius in your room, you know, with your dim light and keep working, or you can move out into the spotlight and let everybody know who you are and what you do. Yeah. And here I live in my closet. <laughs> Well, but you're doing this podcast. That's the difference. Yeah, I'm doing this. And um, so perhaps there are changes to the partner program from time to time. Uh, and there are some changes now. They're removing the gold and silver partner starters, if I'm correctly informed. How, how do you perceive these changes that are coming now to partner? Well, I think there's a lot of confusion out there in the past of what a gold partner was, right? Because I could be a gold partner in SharePoint and I'm working on a CRM project. Doesn't mean I know anything about CRM, right? So right. that's not good. Or I could be gold in Azure and not in a uh, modern workplace. <clears throat> so it, 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 you know, 
people get confused when they see you're a Microsoft Gold partner. I think Microsoft's kind of leveling the playing field. And I think the message from Microsoft is you're a Microsoft partner and you're going to have certain areas that you are expert in, but you need to know the whole stack. So get ready for the day when, you know, you're coming in, you're a Microsoft partner, and you should be able to talk about a lot of things and not really be siloed. And we see that a lot in our CRM practices. Like I worked for years within the CRM world and we, you know, I only had to worry about, you know, integrations. I didn't have to worry about, you know, how CRM works with teams, how it works with marketing, how it works with field service, how it works with customer service um, and across the modern workplace. So it's different now. It's, It's different and you need to really you know, understand what this whole Microsoft cloud does. Would you say it's harder to become a recognized partner today? Well, it's harder and easier, right? It's if you if you understand how social media works, if you understand how podcasts work and blog posts work and all that, it's much easier to get you a smaller company get your name out there. So, you know, I don't think it's it's harder at all today. I think you know, your certifications mean something, but if nobody knows who you are and you're certified, it doesn't mean anything. Okay, so that's per- perhaps the marketing side of the partner. I was trying to, to elaborate a little bit on the sort of requirements for becoming a partner at certain levels uh, towards Microsoft. Oh, it's absolutely getting harder, right? Yeah. But uh, it, it'll keep changing. It'll 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 keep... And it always does. Every every year they come out at partner at partner conference with the changes. But at the end of the day, it's you know we're servicing customers. So as Microsoft can change whatever they want in the background, I'll I'll try to work as closely as I can. But that doesn't affect the fifteen projects I have in front of me no. that I got to get done. So you know it, it it is what it is, and it's one of the most lucrative businesses to get involved with. And you know we could go on here. Why it's why it's a great business to become a Microsoft partner, and I'm completely convinced it is. Yeah. Right, Marcus. Where else can you go and buy a franchise for less than a hundred thousand dollars that gives you everything Microsoft gives you to go into? Yeah. You can't. Yeah, that's true. Right. And if you buy a franchise, you give up ten percent of your revenue. Yeah. We're. I think sometimes we're spoiled as Microsoft partners. Because Microsoft gives us so much to make a very, you know, a generous, lucrative living that sometimes I think some people, you know, we don't appreciate it. Yeah. So are we talking about like the kickbacks that we get, the sort of internal use rights that we can use as a partner? Internal use rights, the education, being able to market as a Microsoft partner, um, you know, conferences, online. I mean, we get a tremendous amount of support. Yeah. And we don't have to do any marketing. Yeah, Microsoft does the marketing. We just have to sort of show up and be be present. Yeah, right. You know, I'm sure we have to go out and do some marketing to our customers and our prospects. But you know, Microsoft really pulls us along. Yeah, because most of the time, when or at least when I show up, the customer has already decided for okay, we're going from Microsoft. So then we need some kind of CRM system. Oh, yeah, there it is. So, <laughs> right. yeah, you're true. You're right about and, that. You know, the, the truth of the matter is, as an MVP, most of the work comes to me, right? I'm not out really searching for project-type work. 
just because I'm a well-known MVP, it's coming to me. But like, I don't have to go through this whole sequence of, of you know, seeding a market, developing a market, getting people interested in my product. Microsoft gets them. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I'm here to backfill with my, my knowledge. Yeah. Best business in the world, Marcus. Yeah. So how long have you been running this podcast that you call Partner Talk? So Partner Talks is interesting because I have been a speaker at, you know, most of the big conferences for the last decade and especially around the area of practice management. Then, the, you know, COVID hit. And yeah. We couldn't leave and people started interviewing me and I'm going, well, I'm going to figure this out. And uh, it didn't take us long to figure out how to do a Partner Talks. And if you look at the very first few we did, they're not that great. But, you know, I think we really kind of knock it out of the park now. Yeah. And uh, we do them once a week and we're well over 150 uh, episodes so far. So uh, it's going very, very well. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the cadence and it's impressive. Um, I do them just once a month, as well listeners know by now. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, very well done. So congratulations to that. And, and I'm behind this week because, uh, you know, I was at two conferences in the last four weeks. So I'm just kind of falling behind. Um, but, you know, we had going going into the conferences, we were doing two a week. So I think there's enough out there, uh, but we've got to get it rolling again for next week. So we've got new episodes coming up next week. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, well, if I'm starting out as a brand new partner then what's what are the most common pitfalls that i would like to avoid in your mind well um taking on projects that are too big are always are always a problem they always look good but if i'm a small independent partner um then you know you get into bigger projects there's you know a lot of project management a lot of planning a lot of meetings that type of thing it may not really be a good fit for you that way um <clears throat> You know, you know, you're a new partner. Uh, you know, if we're talking CRM specifically, yeah. I think you know, um, really, people jump into this and they say, "Oh, I'm going to have ten employees." Well, it takes some time to be able to, you know, get that billing engine up, right? To be able to say, "Okay, here's ongoing work. Here's how I price work, so I don't lose money on it." And, and, and here's how I understand how to, you know, build my business. So I think it takes a new partner a little bit of time and some people end up not, not liking it and going back to being employees or independent consultants. Um, but I think it just takes time to learn how to um, build trade in this world and, and manage projects. Yeah. And, and also getting the right customer, right? The right customer that's looking for, you know, somebody to partner with over the long term that you can. Yeah. So it sounds very much like starting any business. Uh, at least to your response here, would you say that if if you start a business in IT, it should be in this realm because it's so lucrative? Microsoft is the best partner that you can be partnered with. Well, you know, I've been I've been in this Microsoft world for 20, you know twenty five years, so it's hard for me to comment on what other people are giving. And I'm sure there's lots of people making livings outside of Microsoft. But I think the Microsoft, right now the offerings from Microsoft right across our cloud cover just about everything. And I think there's enough companies out there, end user customers that are saying, you know what, uh, we like what Microsoft has. It all fits together. Let's 
focus on a Microsoft solution. So I think it's a, it's a good place to be and a good place to make a living. Yeah. So do you work also with that modern workplace that you talked a little bit about before or partner and educational practice for partners in that space? Yeah, I don't really... I'll end up doing some projects for my ISV customers so they're looking to implement CRM. But no, I stay out of that and I let the professionals handle it. And, I'm, and I've got lots of partner friends out there that I can send work to. So that's really, I, I kind of stick to my knitting. Yeah. So do you have a lot of partners that come from that side and would like to have to try uh, the, the Power Platform or Dynamics itself? Well, that's an interesting um, comment because we're seeing Power Platform start to move from different areas. Originally, um, we looked at Dataverse, which is the underlying low-code engine for uh, Dynamics uh, Sales CE, and it was pulled out, and they built Power, you know, Power Apps, Power Platform from it. But we're really seeing that being adopted by SharePoint MD. So yeah. they were kind of over in the modern workplace. So we're seeing probably even bigger growth coming over from um, data MVPs, SharePoint MVPs coming into the biz app space uh, through Power App. Yeah. So this is where we're seeing this model just sort of merge across Microsoft. Do you see people coming from Office, no, sorry, Microsoft 365 as well? So from that, or it's mainly from the SharePoint part of Microsoft well, 365? Well, I think those two have been connected for a long time, right? So I think a lot of the SharePoint MVPs and SharePoint experts played in that world. Yeah. So yes to that, to that, this is where they're coming from. So I think, you know, Power Platform is really going to pull together all the Microsoft partners. Because, even, you know, if we look at Power Apps, even something like Power BI, the managed service providers, a lot of them are selling Power BI and have Power BI practices. That's the first step. So, you know, this, these low-code engines are really going to uh, unite the Microsoft partner. Yeah, and I also see a lot of work being done with Power Automate for SharePoint and all of the Microsoft 365 um, areas. So a lot of things that would used to be developed within SharePoint is now over at Power Automate. They're coming, they're coming over to our side, Marcus. Yeah. So is this the dark side then? Or are we like swallowing the entire world with our gravity? Well, you know, I think it's, it's interesting um, where this all lands. But, you know, I was uh, doing some sessions at a Business Central conference, Directions, last year. And they're very interested in, you know, the CRM side and the Power App side. Like, how do I connect what I'm doing in Business Central to the rest of Microsoft? And it's really going to be the Power Platform that does it for you. So do you see a lot of people coming from Business Central as well towards Power Platform then? Uh, we're seeing them build practices, yes, absolutely. Because Power Platform really fills in the seams between applications, right? And does a lot of their integrations that they need. So I think we're going to see, a, you know, a strong showing coming out of that. Yeah. Do you see people adopting RPA on that side as well? So like, well, we used to click drag this file over there and then just automating the entire thing with RPA. Yes, we're seeing that as well. Huh. 
All right, then. So LinkedIn, 30,000 connections. How did you manage to build those connections? What's your strategy? Well, I, I was to lucky. That? So I, I started out about 10 years ago building out my LinkedIn connections. Yeah. And there was no limit to how many people you could connect. So I could go into a, you know, a partner like RSM and say, oh, I know these 10 people work at RSM. Who else works in Dynamics and RSM and just connect to them, right? Yeah. So, you know, back then we could build these networks of people. And then, you know, because I was teaching at all the shows, I was doing online, um, you know, events and, and, and that type of thing. It just kept growing out my connections to finally, you know, you know, you figure over 10 years, 3,000 per year, you're at 30,000, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen you at many conferences. How big, how big is your LinkedIn network? Yours must be pretty big by now. Oh, oh you're putting me on the spot now. I don't actually know. So I will have to go look it up while I ask you next question then. Because I've been to many of your shows like, okay, so how do we calculate revenue gained for customers while making our sales force autumn your our sales force more productive do you still do that kind of work or are you more into partner to partner well it's interesting because i did some work at the dci summit uh, north america where i had a, had a session with one of the with influence one of the marketing automation uh, companies and i did it on aligning sales and marketing processes so I still have all my process maps that I used for years when I taught, you know, um, you know, building a repeatable sales process and vetting your processes within CRM. So yes, I still teach that, but I don't really actively uh, facilitate those programs. All right, but I can I can certainly talk about it. Yeah. So I have just over a thousand, so one thousand one hundred something followers now. Oh, you got to get work. You got to get working on this, Marcus. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can just tell that I'm not that active on LinkedIn. It's mostly, well, here's the new episode of Serum Rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell by your responses like, yeah, well, okay. Yeah, it's something. Marcus, <laughs> you need to get every day. Here's what I tell people. Yeah. Every day you're allowed to connect to 20 people. Yeah. So get up 15 minutes early and every day connect to 20 people. That's 20 a week. Yeah. That's an extra, you know, 200 a month, some months even more. All right. Next thing you know, you've got an extra 3,000 people in your LinkedIn. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will. Easiest thing you'll ever do to promote CRM rocks. I will try. I, I will, I will actually try. So we talked a little bit about ISVs here. So independent software vendors. So, so people that are building applications or accelerators to Dynamics or Power Platform. How many of those are partners or are most of them you talk already partner? Um, well, so the ISVs are interesting because we have ISVs are anybody who builds, an, builds a software application. You can connect it to Microsoft, you know, to Power Platform, to, to uh, you know, the Dataverse products, to the Business Central, to GP. You can connect your products to whatever you want. And once you're connected, you're kind of considered an ISV. And then there's other ones that are embedded, right? Where they're actually using the Microsoft, you know, Power Apps to build out an application, embed it and sell it. Um, it's interesting when, you know, I've been doing this long enough now that, you know, we look at the ERP side of the things like to a Great Plains 
or Business Central, there may be five to 10 ISVs connected to that install. Hmm. Whereas CRM, we may have typically one, maybe two, yeah. right? ISV applications we use. So on the ERP side, because of accounting um, and reporting and accounts payable, accounts receivable technologies, there's just more attached to it. Um, so we'll see, you know, five to 10 to a mid-sized project. We get into some bigger projects where they're tied into the logistics and warehouse management. You know, some of the FNO projects, I'm told, have 10 to 15 ISVs attached to it. So they're just much bigger on scale, much more complex. So do you often get questions from customers or your partners? Okay, we're looking for something like this. And you're like, well, the they're, they're like... Oh, yeah, yeah, all the time. All right. All it's every week I get questions. Do you know an ISV that somebody wanted logistics man logistics fleet management? Um, and I knew a couple for F and O, um, but we couldn't find one for CE. Right. So there's just it's a ton of opportunity out there for partners. All right. All right. And one thing about becoming an ISV, Marcus, you no longer sell in Sweden or Czechoslovakia or. Mexico. Once you become an ISV, you put your product up on App Source and you can sell. Yeah, yeah, that's a big difference. But then usually you have to have support for it to be able to handle questions or, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So you, you build out support. You you do that partner to partner. Oh. You find somebody in Australia to support. You find somebody in Canada. You find somebody in Sweden. Right? Of course. It's building a business. Yeah. Like click to a mention is an is works. an excellent right for the embedded. Well, they have customers all the, all of the place, but they can also have partners that are selling click to mention and sort of well, we're local here. They don't have to have an office in Sweden. We can Great have the example. office in Sweden. Yeah. yeah. All right then. So you've been helping both local small partners businesses and global so what's the difference between them and what are sort of the pain points for local small ones and global uh for for partners let's talk about isvs um you know the i there's a lot of isvs in our space that are are small let's say they're 20 employees and you know they're starting to grow and what happens is you know microsoft takes you global you get into the uh you know into the co-sell programs you get up on app source and you grow so you go through growing pains. You have to build an organization and a partner network to be able to, to manage that. And then on the other side, we've got global ISVs coming into the space. And, you know, they've got to understand how Microsoft works because a lot of them have never really worked in the Microsoft space before. And, you know, begin to, uh, to manage that growth through a partner channel that they never had before. Maybe they sold direct only, or they were a Salesforce partner and they were up on App Exchange. But now they come into this Microsoft um, space and there's this third party sitting there called the Microsoft partner that is the gatekeeper uh, a lot of times or the influencer on uh, whether that ISV product gets used. So it's a different mind frame for somebody who's not used to it. It's very complicated, Mark. Yeah, yeah, it, it is very complicated. And that's why I'm trying to help partners both like me and partners out there to guide them help be a, a good advisor right absolutely and you know i think it's, it shows like you that help people figure this out 
yeah. because there's there's no manual for it anywhere, right? It's just, you know, how to figure out this Microsoft partner ecosystem. So there's no learn track on Microsoft Learn, so how to become a good partner. <laughs> or a- No, there's lots on, on, on the partner portal to tell you what to do, uh, how to grow your business and everything, but yeah. it's really, you've got to learn over time about relationships. It's really all about relationships. Yeah. This is why you've got to start working on that LinkedIn number. Yeah. And you got to get those relationships. Up. Yeah. And people usually buy from people, right? So, yeah. At the end of the day. Yep. They buy from people and they also refer to people. Yeah. Like, hey, I know Marcus can help you do this. I know Rick can help you to do this. I know Anya can help you to do this, right? Yeah. So that's really what our world's about, partner to partner. Microsoft is a partner organization, but they've had or or have a consultant services as well. Do partners you meet all talk about this or is that a problem for them? Well, I think we run into the big global G, uh, GSI partners. They run into the Microsoft services teams uh, more so, but really on my, my level with ISVs, uh, I'm not really exposed to them much anymore. You know, uh, 10, 12 years ago, I saw, I would see them into the enterprise accounts, but uh you know, I think it's necessary for Microsoft to have these people, um, you know, to sit at the table when we're dealing with these enterprise customers. So, you know, I've got I've got no problem with them being there. They're a very, very small part of the, the business ecosystem. All right. Uh, so most of the partners that you talk to don't have like, OK, we're actually competitors with Microsoft over here then. Well, they may be, but I think it's sort of acceptable. OK, so if I want to start then. And get going here. So where do I go if I want to know more? Uh, about being an ISV partner? Yeah, or just a good partner to Microsoft and, and building my business from wherever I am right now. Well, I think, you know, um, really is is to talk to other partners, right? You know, if you're in Europe, we've got directions coming up in Hamburg in November. That's a fantastic place to go and find out about um the Microsoft partner ecosystem and the network at directions events or are it's a partner event. So it's very good. And I believe it's um, March next year or April. We'll have the directions in Florida, um, which is, a, again, a, you know, I went, I went this year. It was outstanding. Um, and it's all partners talking to partners about the partner business. So I think from a, a, a great place to get started is to attend one of the directions. And if you look at the uh, Directions Europe website, you'll also see that uh, they'll do some stuff in Asia as well that I'm less familiar with that I have all. Yeah. So if we want to know more about you, Rick, do you have any public speaking scheduled? LinkedIn. You can catch my partner talks every week if you follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I also, through MS Dynamics World, you'll see uh, all the thought leadership uh, events that I run through MS Dynamics World. And Actually, if you go to my site, um, partnertalks.com, I know you introduced me as full contact selling, um, but I'm more partner. T- I still have that site, but partnertalks.com is my main site. And you'll see all the um, thought leadership panels that we did, we, we've done over the last 18, which I'm very proud of. Here I am thinking that I've looked you up and 50 minutes say it's, <laughs> oh, the intro was. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's good that you corrected me now, so everyone listening still actually know what you do. So, yeah. Okay, so who would you recommend as a future guest on this this podcast? Oh, 
do you want to talk to somebody about um, partners? Yeah, well, what would you like to listen to? Have you, have you talked to uh, uh, Jason Gumpert from MS Dynamics? World? No, but I have listened to most of his podcasts. I think Jason would be an outstanding guest for you. Um, they are the largest consolidator of uh, Microsoft partner uh, in the business application space on the internet. So, uh, and they've been doing it now for around 14, 15 years. So there, he would be an excellent guest. Yeah. And I've subscribed to his podcast. So I'm listening to every show that's on dynamics, customer engagement. If it's on business central or something else, I usually skip through them, but yeah, he's really good. Okay, good. All right. If, People want to find you then. Where can they find you, Rick? LinkedIn. You'll find there's two Rick McCutcheons. One's a great big bodybuilder and the other guy's a CRM guy. So yeah, so you find the right Rick McCutcheon and uh, just connect to me there. Yeah, and hopefully by now they know who, who to look for. All right then. So thank you for your participation in CRM Rocks. Okay, Marcus, it's been great and we'll talk again soon. And thanks to your listening and uh, see you next time on CM Rocks.